millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail23. Shopify.com slash retail23. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where Dad and I try and cut through some of the tension that is fermented every week when we talk about true crime. So... Here's what's happening. On the Facebook page, about a day ago, Tegan hopped on and said, Hey, Lucy's. First of all, don't love you guys being referred to as Lucy's. Sounds like bowel movements. Hey, Lucy's. Big announcement coming this Friday during Loose Ends. Now, Dad, I'd like to read you some of uh, our listeners' guesses as to what Mm. the announcement actually is. Love it. Okay. Uh, Eve Kelly said a movie or series, perhaps, which is an interesting one. Mm. Andrew Palmer said, Is Paul pregnant? Uh, yes, but that's none of your goddamn business. Uh, Ross Lapthorne said John bought a ghillie suit in preparation of neighborhood party season. Mm. What's a ghillie suit? You know, it's the it's covered in camo, so you can kind of it's used during the you know during the war, so you can pretend you're you know part of the oh, foliage. So love it. Yeah, Victor Manick said I predict that the podcast is ending because Paul has to go into witness protection after the Guardian article about the top ten snacks that I published. Oh, um, that's funny. That shit was divisive. Dad, I have got... I understand, Paul, because let's face it, there are certain things that you didn't mention. Like what? Well, okay, did you you, you mention twisties? Twisties? No, twisties. No, I didn't do twisties. Are you joking? What are your favourite snacks? What are your favourite Australian snacks? Twisties. Okay. I had some last night. I make twisty sandwiches where I just hollow out a a fresh bread roll. Uh I literally just bore the middle of it out. Yep. Using a, um, you can use a uh, zucchini to press into it. Is this one of your signature dishes, Dad? Paul, this yeah. is next level. Sure. Then I keep, ram it with twisties. Let me keep reading the list. Sorry. That's an image right there. It's yeah. breakfast. Here we go. Kate Cooper said, finally getting a series on the telly like you deserve. All the gang is going back on the road. Either option is a great one. That's a good guess. Mm. Um, Laura Jade trying to bribe us, saying how much money for a clue. No, no. Uh, Derek Harris said, Richard Roxburgh played John Verhoeven in the six-part adaptation of Loose Units, please. Anyway, all reasonable guesses, Mm. all made by very reasonable, lovely people, but Mm. the announcement is happening right now. The thing we were teasing is this. We are returning to stage. We're going to be live in Melbourne for the first time since 2019. That's right. Loose Units is going to be live again. It's happening. Mm. So we're going to be performing at a venue called the Comedy Republic. It's at 231 Burke Street. It's happening in Melbourne on Friday, the 2nd of December at 7 p.m. Okay? Golly, golly. That's, yep, Friday, 2nd December. Tickets go on sale next Tuesday on the 30th of August at 10 a.m. in the morning. So make sure you're ready to go at 10 a.m. next Tuesday. If you want to get your tickets, you have to head across to comedyrepublic.com.au. 
And if this sells out, Dad, mm. we will add more shows, okay? Can I... Am I allowed to buy a ticket? Yeah. For who? For you? Mys- myself. You'd have to be sitting in the audience for that to happen, and you're going to be on stage with me. Well, I could start off sitting in the audience. Yeah. And then run to the stage. I think we can just get you... We'll just bring a little kind of fold okay. out, cool. whack it cool. in the audience. Anyway, I think this is the perfect gift for Father's Day. Would you agree, Dad? 100%. Being a father, and but even if you're not a father. Yeah. Even if you're just a, a person. Yeah, that's right. Human. But everyone... But if you want to get your dad a ticket for Father's Day, I guess is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Although, yeah. uh, imagine if it was just dads. That <laughs> let's do it. Let's That'd do a weird. show for Nor- dad. Let's do a show for normies, and then let's do a just dads show the next night. Yeah, mm. yeah. I've always said you're an ideas person, Paul, but not necessarily good ideas. Thanks. Well, this is the first chance uh, we'll we've. So this is the first chance we're going to get to actually celebrate the release of uh, Electric Blue. So, because we didn't get to do a book launch in person. Mm. So this is going to be effectively also the book launch of Electric Blue. So we're going to be selling and signing copies of the book. Hey! God, I'm I'm nervous. My freckle is just oscillating. Okay. Now, here's the thing. It's a December gig, yeah? So it's a little while off, but don't let let that fool you. The tickets will sell out very fast. We've sold out all our Loose Units live shows. Every so- single show we've ever done sold yeah. out. So if you're on the fence, just do not dilly-dally or you'll be pissed off that you missed a live show. Everyone, we get so many people going, oh, I missed out and begging for tickets online. Then it just becomes a whole thing. So, mm. But given that it's in December, it's going to be a really, really nice way for all of us, you and me, Dad, and Tegan and all of our listeners to actually raise a glass and celebrate the end of the year and Christmas together as well as Father's Day. So, yeah, and also, you know, the end of a long period, uh, you know, the... The dramas were the whole world have been through over the last few years, which has just yeah. been. Although I guess one positive to come out of COVID mm-hmm. is what we're doing now: loose ends. Hundred percent. Oh, that's right. Yes, your idea to do loose ends throughout COVID has. Oh my god! I, I think we've well and truly crossed the hundred episodes line mm. for loose ends, but we hope mm. you've enjoyed uh, loose ends so far. I don't think it's going to stop ever. Paul has announced the details, and I'm going to just hit you with them again. It's, I, I'm literally speechless. I'm so energised, I could actually start walking to Melbourne. Now, it would take me that long to get there. Yeah. Uh, but the big night, which is the first live show in over two years, mm-hmm. is at Comedy Republic. Now, that's 231 Burke Street, Melbourne. It's on Friday, the 2nd of December at 7pm. Tickets go on sale next Tuesday. That's Tuesday, the 30th of August. They go on sale at 10am. So head to comedyrepublic.com.au to purchase. Great. And also, if we sell out quickly, I'm estimating we'll sell out within about eight minutes. (laughs) I am the eternal... Look, I just know that people will be so excited, as will we be, to... It's a two-way street, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because the the people that are there are excited. Yeah. But we're excited. I'm really excited. I know you're excited kind of in a different way to me. You're you're sort of nervous, nervously excited. Don't you ever sort of no. slightly worry about what I'm going to say? No. 
Never. Like, I'm f- Dad, I used to be. I'm completely confident now. It's been... You know, we've we've got literally two years worth of build up here. Yeah, we've true. been dying to get on stage for two whole goddamn years, and every single week we get countless people getting in touch, going, "When are you getting back on stage?" Mm. And we have to go look. Just, just you know, uh, news pending, and we have we have quite a few times had a few moments where we've uh, gotten very close to doing a live show over the past few months, and mm. we've actually teased it. We've gone big news next week, and it just didn't pan out because we've been in negotiations with a few different venues, and this is an amazing venue. We are so excited to have you all there. It will sell out super fast mm. so 10am next Tuesday be ready to buy your tickets buy them for your friends and your loved ones and like we said we didn't do an in-person book launch for Electric Blue we had Kumi Taguchi host a wonderful digital book launch online on Zoom with many of you and that was great but the fun part of a book launch is you know being there in person and actually having having people to meet and mm. signing copies of the book and, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. So we're going to do all that as well. It's going to be a huge, it's, long um, overdue live show. It's The show's not suitable for babies, Paul. You can bring a baby if you want. Just put them in a... Put them in a you you'd have to like put a, plugs in their ears. Yeah, you can do that. Because they'd hear things that when they grew up, they'd realise that what they heard was fairly disturbing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway... Get your tickets online next Tuesday at 10 a.m. from comedyrepublic.com.au. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Now, Dad, back to our regularly scheduled programming, mm. now that we've gotten past that very exciting news. Uh, I've been away uh, for, the, for the past week. And I thought I could interview you. Sure. And you wanted to tell me some things, and I just don't... That's not how we work, Paul. I like to hear things fresh. So it's been... The last few days have been pretty... <laughs> Sort of um, a bit weird. Christine wanted to hear about your amazing adventures in Mumbai. And I said, well, we can't talk about it because I like to do things fresh. Because I like to react in the now. Mm-hmm. So what I thought we could do, if, if it's okay with you, uh, is talk to you. Uh, which obviously we do. But I believe that you had an opportunity not many people in this world get. I mean, you have had some extraordinary opportunities. You've interviewed some of the most famous people in the world. I, 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 I'm not saying I envy you because I don't know that I could do what you do. Uh, but you go to Mumbai and, I mean, how on earth did all this come about? Ah, so there's a new TV series coming out on Amazon Prime and uh, this is not an ad spot by the way it's no, literally no. just it was part of my job mm. and it's called The Rings of Power so it's the Lord of the Rings prequel and it's set you know long before the movies and I got contacted by Amazon and they said do you want to come out and you know uh, come to Mumbai to interview the cast and I look I've been on overseas junkers before but never to Mumbai so I said yes obviously Hopped on the plane, headed across, and I was there for three nights, no, four, um, three nights and four days in Mumbai. How, um, how long did it take? How long was the flight? Uh, it was at, uh, let's see, the first leg was eight hours. We flew to Singapore. There was a two hour stopover. Um, I left at about midnight and got there at about 10 a.m. in the morning. Mm. And it was, I mean, it was a rough flight. It was yeah. very, very rough. And what's al- like alarming for me? I'm not sure how many listeners have actually done this, Dad, but if you've flown recently, internationally, mm. and I don't think many of us have, I was astounded at how many people were visibly ill. I mean, just exorcist sick, completely just hacking and coughing and red eyes and- oh, God. Yeah. 
The second I got on, I was genuinely scared that I wasn't going to be able to make it back because I'd had to do a very, very stringent series of health checks in order to even get on the plane. Mm. And when you get to Singapore, this is the hard part, when you get to Singapore, the health screenings there are extra hardcore. So if you may, if you happen to get sick on that first leg, then you're stuck in Singapore. Mm. Um, but I got through and got across to Mumbai. And Mumbai so, is a... Yeah, I mean, just, just walk us through. Like, okay, start from... When the door opened of the plane, um, I don't. At that point, I was pretty jet lagged. Okay. My first actual memory uh, of the Mumbai stuff, I got out and met with the Amazon rep, and we hopped in a um, hopped in a taxi and started heading through the city. Mm. Uh, look, Dad, you and Mum have a house in Thailand. Mm. You have a house down in the south of Thailand in Hua Hin, and it had that kind of energy. But the second we hit civilization, it was. Really intense, architecturally very, very interesting in that there's a lot of really beautiful old British architecture and it's just surrounded by slums. I mean, slums, Mm. just the incredible density of living. When you fly over the city, you, you can see these incredible hills covered in forests and big temples and big, beautiful buildings and just... A billion tiny blue tarpaulins, which are used to oh. sort of cover the roofs, yeah, yeah. Like, like this checkerboard. And so we drove through the city and it became readily apparent that Mumbai has this kind of thing going on, which doesn't make me super comfortable. And that was extreme wealth sitting flush against extreme poverty. Mm. So you would literally have slums nestled against billion dollar skyscrapers and there was no, it was absolutely bizarre. Um, we were staying at a place called the St. Regis, which is this beautiful hotel in the middle of Mumbai. Mumbai is sort of a series of kind of islands almost nestled together. Mm. So there's a lot of coastline. And when we got into the hotel, we were kind of greeted and sent up and uh, put into our rooms. I was staying on about the 30th floor, I think, and the view was incredible. And I can pop some photos and footage of it on the Facebook page. But the real, look, I was so overwhelmed by the actual travel element of going to a completely new country that I hadn't even thought about the interviews yet, which was interesting because I was actually talking to the entire cast. Well, not the entire cast. Exactly half the cast were in Mumbai for the Mumbai premiere of the first two episodes of the show. And the second half were over in Mexico. Why, Paul, these two cities? So there's Amazon offices in all different parts of the world and the press comes from all different countries so i think what they do is sort of group them in together so i was there with the japanese press and there was malaysian press and the indian press turns out the indian market is enormous Mm. there were hundreds of journalists from major indian outlets and they absolutely eat this stuff up um so it was kind of a smart way of grouping together journalists from different countries i was the only representative from australia by the way oh congratulations paul so, Paul, in Mumbai, do you get the mm. sense? Do you is it visceral? Do you is there a smell? Is there a, like a flavor? Is there a vibe that you actually know you're in India? Yeah, the, it was extre- it was extremely humid, which is fine. Mm. I have to say this: I said to myself, and I'm sure you can respect this, that I said to myself, I'm only eating Indian food this entire trip, so. I ate nothing but Indian food. I mean, authentic Indian food the entire trip. I didn't do any street food, except I did. Towards the end of the trip, I was with some friends of mine um, from the Indian press office, and they'd taken me to the oldest British restaurant in Mumbai. It was called the Britannia Pub, and it was down in South Mumbai in a place called Fort. And Fort is... 
It's like if you were in London and nature had reclaimed the city. I mean, it's, you know, it's like 300 year old, two, 300 year old British architecture. And it's the street, the city planning is very British, but there's just huge Indian trees and vines exploding out of the pavement and covering all the buildings. And it's, it's kind of their old business district. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. And there was this building called the Britannia. And again, I'll post some photos from it. And uh, they did Parsi cuisine, which is this very, very specific type of Indian food. So as we were coming back uh, in the cab, they said, okay, quickly stop the car. And they stopped the car, and one of my friends ran into this little street vendor and came back with this foil bag. And he said, okay, you have to try this. It's an after-dinner thing. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And uh, he opens it, and there was this beetle leaf, uh, which is sort of like a, yeah, it's a, le- it's a leaf. And there's a thing called pan, which is P-A-A-N. And it's basically a beetle leaf wrapped, and it's got all this stuff inside it, and it's a... Typically speaking, it's got tobacco in it, and uh, yeah. it was this very, very strange kind of after-dinner thing, and it was street food, and it was... Hang on, I'm just going to read you a description of this stuff. Look, if I go to uh, Britannica and read the definition of the thing I ate, it doesn't sound great. Pan, an Indian after-dinner treat that consists of beetle leaf filled with chopped beetle, nut, and slaked lime, to which other assorted ingredients, including red katha paste, may be added. Pan is served folded into a triangle or rolled and is spat out or swallowed after being chewed. It dates to ancient times and originated in India before becoming popular in other Asian countries. Although it's sometimes used as a palate cleanser and digestive aid, pan often acts as a caffeine-like stimulant and is addictive. It can result in tooth and gum decay. I didn't know that. And the areca nut has been linked to certain cancers. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So the one I had didn't have chewing tobacco in it, but... Um, Okay, you know when you go to an Indian restaurant in Australia and there's those little kind of terracotta bowls at reception with the little aniseed sugar-covered things? Yeah. Imagine all those different things, but with coconut and some weird paste and all these... It had like 20 different ingredients and it was the most incredible... And the street smelled of this stuff because we'd come near this place and it was extremely humid and you can just smell spices the whole time. Mm. It was absolutely incredible. At no point did I feel... Like the Indian food was too much. Yeah. I mean, partly because your mum raised us on largely Indian food yes. uh, whenever we went out. But I tried everything. I tried their breakfast foods. I had Indian food for breakfast every day because it turns out all the different regions in India have very specific Indian breakfast foods. And yeah. I had my friends recommend different combinations. So I was trying different things. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, now, Paul, Tegan called us while you were away. Oh, yeah. And she was slightly concerned. Okay. She was concerned. She said to us that you were dressed very colourfully, and I did see that amazing coat you were wearing. Oh, yeah. It was incredible, and you had your beautiful new glasses. Mm. So you're looking sort of man about town, but maybe you were looking a little bit ostentatious. And is it true that you were sort of kind of ended up down this alleyway and had this custom-made, tailor-made shirt made? Is that right, or...? Oh shit! Right, so we went down to the uh, the Gate of India, which is basically this huge, almost Arc de Triomphe type monument down at the lowest point of the coast uh, in South Mumbai, and it's beautiful. It's on the ocean. It's a it was a monument built uh, to commemorate the British landing in India, which seems to me more a um, a tragic event rather than one worth celebrating. So it's an odd it's an odd place. And my first day there, I thought, okay, I've only got a certain amount of time here. I was jet-lagged, I was confused, and none of the Indian press had any time to escort me anywhere. And our Australian rep said, look, I'm just going to crash in the hotel. And I went, screw that. So I literally looked up the best tourist destination that was the furthest away from the hotel. And I thought, you know what? Pee into the wind. Just throw yourself in the deep end. Mm. So I hopped in a cab and said, take me to the gate of India. And I was alone and I was dressed in very brightly colored clothes and I was completely naive. Had about a hundred rupees on me or something. I didn't have much money. And so I got in the cab and we went south through rush hour, through the incredibly, like I said, through slums basically. Mm. And at one point we stopped at the lights and a leper holding a small child came up to the cab window and they were both crying and pouring at the window. And at that point, the blood drained from my body and I went, I've, I've made a very big mistake. Wow. But the cab driver kept taking me there, got out of the gate of India and I got out and I was the only white person there. I mean, thousands of Indian tourists just wow. turned and looked at me in lockstep and I went, oh shit. People in Mumbai are ridiculously friendly, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. But then the monsoon hit. So the monsoon weather started and I was absolutely soaked and I'm standing in this massive courtyard and I'm I'm, I'm just... I'm like, what am I doing? I'm 45 minutes from the hotel. It's going to get dark soon. I don't have enough money. My phone battery was on 20% and draining fast. And I'm like, I've absolutely screwed this up. This is up. ridiculous, Paul. That's, ri- that's pretty... That's almost... That's pretty heavy. 
Foolish. Absolutely foolish. I had a small umbrella, which was not holding up because every probably 10 minutes, the rain would basically flash flood. And all of the locals knew this was going to happen. So they all ran to shelter. People were coming up and trying to hustle me and take photos of me for, you know, like, um, they'd run up and say, I can take a photo of you and, you know, you can pay for it. But that would have been the money I needed. So I decided to find a different slightly adjacent tourist spot. And there was a place called Marine Drive, which is about 20 minutes walk away. So I looked at my Google Maps and I thought, okay, if I if I figure out which roads to walk down and I start walking, uh, then I can turn my phone off and turn it back on so the battery doesn't die. So I mm. kind of went, all right, I'm just going left and right and left. And then I'm just heading straight for about 20 minutes. And then I'm going to get to Marine Drive. Then I'm going to call an Uber and I can check that thing off of my head and say, okay, I've done the thing. I've thrown myself in the deep end. I don't need to do it again. So I started walking, and then the rain started really badly. Um, I was across from the Taj Mahal Hotel, which is the most famous hotel in Mumbai. It's an incredible structure. And I'm standing underneath the hotel and uh, holding my umbrella. And suddenly about 12 uh, local guys just jump under the umbrella with me. And they're all standing and staring and smiling at me wordlessly. And I'm like, <laughs> hello. And then they start speaking at me, but I don't speak the language. So, of course, that's uh, that's a problem. And then they kind of ask where I'm from and I say, oh, Australia. And then they all start nodding and smiling. And then they start taking selfies with me. And one of one of my uh, friends from India, he says it's because they think I'm the actor who played the bad British guy in Lagan, which is a fantastic Bollywood oh, film. Oh, that's a great film. You know the guy? The, the, I know. That, that it's a tearjerker. Anyway. Yeah, but the thing is, he, he's much older than me. Anyway, so I took some selfies with them, and then I started to walk along my route again because the rain had stopped. And then the rain starts again, and this small old woman in a sari with a glass eye runs up and starts speaking perfect English. And I'm um, okay, thank God. And she says, you have to hold your umbrella with two hands and uh, face it into the wind, otherwise your umbrella will get flipped. And as if on cue, another tourist had their umbrella flipped and flung away. So she now, can I ask you a question, Paul, at this juncture? Sure. Um, how do you know she had a glass eye? Because it was... Dad, it was a glass eye. Come on, I'm a, I'm a Columbo fan. I can spot a glass eye. It, was, it could have know, been plastic. D- uh, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Also Did she take of, it out and... Kind of blow on it and put it back in? No, she didn't. <laughs> but she helps me across the road. And then we start... She goes, oh, where are you going? And I said, Marine Drive. She goes, oh, okay, I'll kind of walk you along this road and you know, make sure you don't get sort of bothered by anyone. Mm. And she was smiling and kind of you know, talking shop. And then she said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Melbourne. And she goes, oh, I used to have a restaurant in Sydney down this street, down by this place. And you know, had to come back because of you know, um, financial stuff. Did you get a new eye? <laughs> I, did not, I did not say that. <laughs> At this point, we're walking for about a block and I'm going, oh my God. Okay, you know what? This isn't all that bad. This I'm, trip's pretty good, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm it's sensing going well. something's going to happen, Paul. And then she says, uh, "Okay, we don't go in the street." And then she, and then she says, um, uh, "Come into my shop. I'll, uh, you know, make you a cup of tea while the rain while the rain stops." And the rain had started again, so I thought, you know what? Say yes, mm. have a bit of a. Th-. And then we turn around this corner, and at this point, we've weaved down a couple of not alleyways, but not not alleyways, mm. and the slums are starting. And I'm sitting here thinking. You know what, Paul? Get it out of your system. Try all the weird stuff you can. And and the woman seemed very nice and very genuine. Mm. So then she takes me into this shop and uh, she sits me at a chair. And I realize that I'm in a shop probably about as big as your bathroom. I mean, it's very small. Mm. And the walls are extremely high. And they're lined with um, kind of swatches of fabric. And... I realize I've been sat down at a desk for a tailor and it's her son. And then she sits outside and shuts the door. Oh, God. And what proceeds is the most intense sales pitch where this guy was... I mean, he was not saying... He was not taking over an answer. He basically starts 
almost against my will. In fact, it could be, yeah, completely against my will, measuring me for a shirt, right? So he's literally going, I'll just measure you for a shirt. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And he goes, drink the coffee, I'll measure you for the shirt. And I'm saying, no, no, I'm okay. And he goes, please let me measure you for the shirt. And it, it was the most relentless thing I've ever been in. Like, wow. It, it was so intense. So he measures me for the shirt. And then he, just through sheer finagling and almost bullying, he gets my phone off me and puts his number into my phone. Uh, because I've said, look, I'll just, and I made the foolish mistake of going, I'll come back tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing full well that I wouldn't come back tomorrow. Now, he's heard this a million times. So he takes my phone from me, puts his mm-hmm. number in, and then says, all right, I'll see you at 10 a.m. And he kept trying to get me to pay half now. And it was just, Dad, it was so stressful. I'm it's, not a conflict. No, it's stressful. I, it's a stressful, so stressful story, Paul. Yeah, so eventually I finish my coffee and get out of there. And she insists on walking me uh, out of the area. Now, what happens is at that point I call an Uber and get back and I'm I'm shaking. Not because anyone's done anything wrong, not because they're bad people, but because I have been well and truly almost hustled. And then I've got this guy's number in my phone and I, I block it because I don't want to get called by him. But one of my Indian friends points out the reason... I said she was very nice and he goes, no, 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 she wasn't nice. She was waiting at the tourist spot to grab someone like you. Correct. She, she knew it was raining. Yep. And also, the reason she walked you out is that so um, you don't report her to the police, to the local police, for mm. basically hustling you. Uh, it was it was so intense and strange, and yet completely my fault. I was to blame. I literally wandered into an intense area and went, "Hello!" Like I, it's it's, it's all a classic. on me, Paul. It's such a classic. Oh my god. We um we were in Thailand once. Oh yeah. Many years ago, Christine, myself, Shane, and Cass, we went to this. Massive, famous temple, but it was very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. We were the only tourists. This lady appears, yeah, and she showed us these badges, just sort of ones you like that. You know those circular badges that you just stick on your shirt with a little pin uh, behind them. Yeah, yeah, just just a like a worth about a cent. She shows us these four badges. <clears throat> I'm not kidding. And this is such an extraordinary thing. There was a photograph on each of them of me, Christine, <laughs> what? Shane and Cass. Are you serious? We had been surreptitiously photographed from an anonymous photographer. They had developed, printed, manufactured these badges within a matter of minutes. I was so... I didn't know what to do, but I thought I've got a really, really good plan. There's one way I can absolutely, totally stop this thing going any further. She was literally demanding that we buy these four badges. Because she's made them, so you better pay for them, right? Yeah, and it was really stressful. And I had a brainwave. I pulled out of my wallet the biggest denomination note, knowing full well Mm -hmm. there was no way in Hades that she could possibly change it. And she looks at me within a microsecond, like a magic trick, like a vanishing trick. Yep. The note was gone from my hand mm-hmm. and she was running with this huge note. We're just standing there with these stupid badges. Yep. They certainly were not good photographs because they were all candid. Do you still have them? Look, just let me finish this story. Sorry, like surveillance shots. Okay, go on. Surveillance shots. Yeah. She comes back 
with the change. And I just thought, I have to give you some credit for this extraordinary thing you've done. Aside from the amazing photographic process, manufacturing, distribution, delivering. So I ended up buying these stupid badges. The photos were appalling. I gave them, I gave Christine one, <laughs> Shane and Cass one. They were really bad photos. <clears throat> Cass is a very classy woman. <clears throat> she was appalled at the photo. We kept the photos for a while and, and they vanished. But something worse than that happened to us, similar to you, where we caught this boat and we ended up down this back canal in Bangkok where no tourists, I, I don't think tourists had ever been there. We ended up at the zoo. Remember this story? And when we left the zoo, they didn't hand us badges, Paul. They handed us four large plastic plates with our photographs on them. Fuck me. Yeah. That's great. And we were the only people at the show, and they were so kind of threatening, mm. and it was such a terrifyingly scary thing. And at one stage, they had a, um, a cobra fully functioning because when it bit into a, like a, some plastic, all the venom just oozed out of its fangs. And they literally came up and held a cobra in front of like about two inches from Christine's face. Like threatening. Oh my God. And that was all part of the show. And needless to say, we didn't buy these stupid plates. Anyway, so I, I get it, Paul. But, yeah. you know, yeah. you've got to be careful. You've got to really... These people are really, really good at what they do. And, it's, and, and to be fair, I guess that's how they make a living. Uh, I take it you never got the shirt. No, I didn't get the shirt. So that shirt that you didn't get that's been made is probably sitting high up on that wall with all the swatches. Don't make me feel bad. No, look, he didn't make it. He 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 literally he wanted to he wanted to make it for me just then and there. But then he kept showing me photos from his phone of other happy customers. Mm. All of them had this grim look on their face of I have been had, and I just went. You don't think (laughs) you don't think all the photos were just his mother with the glass eye wearing wigs. Yeah, look, honestly, it's not. I, I, I the trip was incredible. Mm. It was an it was an incredible trip. I mean, the next day, um, I did a whole bunch of other stuff, and then there was a full day of press where I woke up at ten a.m. and literally went from rooms from TV studio to TV studio in the same in the in the um, press area of the building, interviewing all the cast. So all the elves were in the same room. So I chatted to all the elves, chatted to all the halflings, all the dwarves. Uh, I mean, I, I did every race. But it was, I mean, it was an absolutely incredible experience. I mean, I got to do the red carpet at a at a premiere in Mumbai. I'll make sure I'm I'm covering it for Junkie, so I'll make sure that I put up all of the coverage and the interviews and stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about it uh, in more detail once I am actually allowed. Oh, I understand. Um, wow, I didn't think of that. Sorry. I'm not. No, no, it's okay. I'm not even allowed to. The thing is, I've signed NDA saying I oh, can't I actually share my thoughts on on it. Even a was it good or bad that counts as a reaction. I understand. Too. Wow. So wow. this is. Yeah, this is not a reaction. So, no, cool. Yeah. No. So please don't. don't yeah. Uh, but absolutely incredible trip. I will say this much. There are a couple of dishes that I ate over there that apparently you just do not exist in Australia unless you know mm. people from those areas. So I'm mm. going to try and track some of them down. Dad, the food was so fucking good. No, I, lo- in- I love, yeah, Indian food. Top oh, shelf. my God. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, look, we've got so much to do. Over the coming weeks, I mean, our first live show happening in December. I'm so excited about this, Dad. I'm so excited. Um, I literally can't believe it. It's going to be great. And like I said, I've just wanted to 
get back on stage and see our fans again and hang out with them. And we've had so many people begging us to do live shows. I really also, Dad, you've not seen this venue before, have you? No, no, I haven't. It's awesome. And I know that I'm going to be, I mean, I've jumped out of planes, as everyone knows, and I've done deep diving and I've done some really, you know, I've raced motorbikes. I've done some really, really high adrenaline, like, you know, I swimming from the Harbour Ridge to Manly in shark infested waters. I've, I've just absolutely, nothing that I've ever done in my life, and I say this with 100% intense honesty, and I say this to all the listeners, the most terrifying thing that I do, <laughs> and I'm stuck. Paul. I'm not joking. I know. No, I'm serious. I, You've Dad, seen I'm the one me. You have I seen see... me in the in the, before I go on stage. I'm you literally pace. fucked. You're a pacer. Yeah. No, I. It's just. It's so frightening. You're good once you're on. Once you're on stage, you're good. <clears throat> you know. Yes, but I'm. I'm. I am. Every time I do a live show, listeners, mm-hmm. I make a. I make a uh, a pact between <laughs> me and myself. So you're never going to do it again. To never, ever. <laughs> yeah ever go on stage again and you, it's yet you terrifying yet but you do. i go and then but at the end of the show i feel so you go good again yep i'm yep. just you're on such a high and i can't sleep and i'm and life's great it's addictive so, isn't it yeah and when people so for the people that are going to come to the the show um on the first night just spare a thought uh for for me, Dad. no, yeah. I'm, it's just it's nerve wracking. But I, I might not be as terrified. But one of the things about how I feel is that I want to give a hundred percent. Yeah, and you do. Yeah, and I'm not one of these people that says give a hundred and ten percent because that's mathematically impossible. It's not. You can't actually. do it. You can't. Yes, actually. it is. A hundred percent is. It's like you've got a circle. No, Dad, you actually can give a hundred and ten percent. I. Th- God. I mean, mathematically, you actually can. Oh, fuck. If you give 100% of something and then you... Right, so let's say you give... Oh, okay, Dad, let's Paul, say you give that's... 1%. Dad, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. Let me give you a basic, basic proof of this. Okay, you gave 1% effort. No, no, I gave 100% effort, right? I gave 100 effort, which means that's 100%. If I gave 110 effort, it's 110% of that 1%. Does that make sense? No, not at all. You can give 300%. <clears throat> you can give 500%. No, that's, no, that's like giving... If, you've, if, if someone has a birthday cake... Yeah, and that's the last cake in the world. Yeah, and you you can't give the cake plus some extra. No, but if you I give rest small, my case. no, Dad, if you give Dad, you can get, do smaller slices, right? Paul, I utterly agree with you. Thank you very much. But then you, <laughs> hello, then, <laughs> oh fuck, Dad, I'm Paul, not arguing with you. This is not this is not up for debate. It's fucking factual. Ah, <laughs> okay? Paul, I just I'm sorry, but mate, anyway, we can talk about it on stage. No, we can't. Everyone, please don't cancel your tickets because you think we're going to be talking about percentages on stage. Make sure you get your tickets. They're available 10 a.m. next Tuesday. God damn it. It's going to be so exciting. We cannot wait to see you on stage on the 2nd of December. ComedyRepublic.com.au By the way, if you don't feel like you have to frantically write all these details down, head across to Facebook.com forward slash loose units and we will put the info there for you as well as all kinds of other wonderful stuff. Anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll talk to you soon for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. I'm getting a phone call from New York. Hang on. Hello, Paul speaking. Hello? Hello? Hello, Paul speaking. Hello? 
Hello, is anyone there? Dad, you there? Yeah. I just got butt dialed by Loretta Swit from MASH. <laughs> Are you serious? I interviewed her yesterday. Did I tell you? Full half hour. Fuck. I chatted with Loretta Paul, keep yeah. this in today's episode. Hang on. Yeah, I just got butt dialed by Loretta Swit. How do you know it was her butt? I don't know. But look, uh, I talked to Loretta Swit for a piece of writing for The Guardian. Fuck, Paul. And uh, she lives in New York. And she just called me by mistake. Maybe uh, not mistake. Maybe she fancies you. Oh, if only. She was, by the way, she was so... Hot lips, Houlihan. So nice. Just about the nicest person I've ever interviewed. We had a full half hour. That's it's so gonna... interesting, Paul, because she was not... The... I found her... On Obviously, her character was was infuriating. Ah, no, 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 no. You've cl- Okay, so we talked oh, about this. The character basically... Disagreement. No, the, the character evolves over the show. So around season three or four, she breaks up with Frank Burns and then becomes kind of oh, okay. the best character in the show. It's right. insane. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm, I'm writing about it for The Guardian. It'll be in, in The Guardian next Paul. week. So, yeah. Well, that's just weird because people hopefully get to hear this snippet tomorrow. Yeah. Love you. Bro. I hope so. I hope, I so. hope so. Anyway, it was a really nice talking to you and Loretta Swit in a 24-hour period. So have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you soon for more Loose Units. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Oh. Cheerio. Did you have Cheerios in that thing too? The list? What list? No, they're not Australian. And they're not there you go. I'll rest food. my case. I'll rest my case. Bye bye. Cheerio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.